Welcome to the Emily Osmond Show, your place to learn how to market yourself online, find your tribe, and grow a business doing the work you love on your terms. As a blogger, presenter, and marketing mentor, I understand the ups and downs that come with putting ourselves out there and running our own show. This podcast is here to take you behind the scenes and share the strategies to help you succeed. So let's get into the show. Christmas Eve. I was debating whether to bring out an episode on on Christmas Eve, but I wanted to stick to my weekly schedule. And also this episode is one that's going to be pretty good holiday listening. It's not going to be light listening by any means, but it's something that should really help you to think a little bit bigger for going into 2020. So I'll be honest with you, I'm the first person to admit that I used to avoid the numbers side of business and I could feel like pretty anxious when I was having to think about it or discuss it with someone else. And I was always the humanities girl and never the math student, which of course I realize now is just an excuse that I was telling myself. And I wonder if you might have a few of those too. So I avoided looking too much at my numbers and just hoped that somehow it would all work out until I realized that I needed to get a bit more serious about my business if I wanted to meet my goals, which meant taking my finances seriously too. So in this episode, I'm bringing on the best person to speak to you about profit and finances in our business. She's the brilliant Melanie Miller, and she specializes in dishing up the hard, unsexy truths of business to women. And you'll hear the event that happened in Melanie's life that strengthened her resolve to help more women get in control of their finances and create, as she calls it, profitable, livable, and lovable businesses, both off and online. Today, Melanie has a thriving online business called Profit Lovers, a community of more than 8,000 female entrepreneurs, and is living in what she calls her business sweet spot. So let's bring on Melanie Miller to share how we can create more profit in our business. I know that you're going to love this. This episode. Welcome, Melanie. It's wonderful to have you on the show today, and I'm so excited to like absorb and take as much as I can from your brain for myself and for our listeners. So, a big welcome to you. Tell us a little bit about yourself for those that haven't heard of you before, and um, a little bit how you got into what you do now, which is really helping women make profit in their business. So, my business is the Profit Lovers, and my business is to make your business better, and it's to make it more profitable, livable, and lovable. I think those three profitable, livable, and lovable. So important if you want to actually enjoy what you're doing every day. And why not have all three of those? And so profitable in that we want to make money and we want to make a decent amount of money and we want to do it with no fear, no guilt. And we want to make that amount of money confidently. And we want to make enough that we can protect ourselves from the future for the future, which I'll talk about in a second. The livable is there is no point in creating something if it's an absolute nightmare to run. And so I get a lot of women come to me who have profitable businesses, but they're not livable. They've just turned into crazy big beasts. They've taken over their lives and they don't know how to kind of control the beast almost. And then lovable, we want you to love what you're doing. You're not going to love every minute of it and you're not going to love it all the time. What? 
And you're not going to love everything you've got to do, but we want you to love it on a whole. We want you to especially love the people that you do business with. And so if you're doing business every day with people who are pushing your prices down and expecting you to go above and beyond and doing all of that sort of stuff, we want to get rid of that. We want it to be just something that you have a whole lot of joy doing, uh, even if there are sometimes hard times, which is just part of being in business, right? So that is what I do is uh, give women the tools and the skills and hopefully the confidence to bring those three elements together. So what you haven't done is created yourself a job and a job that pays really poorly, which is what a a lot of women do, right? You go into business for yourself, you get nervous about pricing, Mm -hmm. you undervalue yourself, you attract because you're undervaluing, attract a whole lot of people who don't want to pay for you. And then you create basically a job that sucks. (laughs) Because they're working so hard and all the time and really for nothing and often for, for no profit at all. Correct. And so that is my business. And I previously was a business coach. I come from a corporate background, um, but I've been doing this now for almost 10 years. So I always feel a bit weird about talking about anything that came before that because it just feels like, I mean, it was almost a decade ago now. Um, (laughs) But uh, I did transition within my business. My mum passed away six and a half years ago. She passed Mm. away from breast cancer. And thank you. And it was horrible. It was a terrible, terrible time for everybody. And she had a small business. She'd never had the confidence to make it anything bigger than what it was. And she'd never had that confidence to make enough money to actually invest in her own sort of financial security. So when she got sick, she literally had nothing. I think she had a couple of thousand dollars in a bank account and she had no super, no retirement savings and no assets. And so then it became my responsibility to take over everything, her care. I moved in, all of the medical costs. And I know we feel in Australia, we feel quite blessed that we have mm. such great health care, but it still set me back about $40,000 to make sure that she had a level of care that mm-hmm. was going to keep her comfortable. And so after that happened, I was left just, I was obviously grief stricken because I'd lost my mom um I had a huge amount of debt rolling in and I know how much guilt she had for Mm. the fact that I had to financially cover everything and I didn't want her to feel like that and I thought you know what if I can take this thing that was really really horrible really quite devastating and turn it into a positive Mm. and use her as you know a legacy going forward what would I want to take from that? And what I'd want to take from that is giving women the confidence and the skills and the knowledge to feel like they can put money away for their future and to feel like it's okay to make profit because it's not about, you know, um, it's not about taking from somebody else. It's about preparing yourself and making sure you're safe and your family's safe. I have a member of my Profit Lovers Members Club which is one of the programs I have, who actually sent me, and I bawled my eyes out like a child when she sent this to me. She sent me an email saying that she had followed my advice and that she had started to focus on really financially kind of securing up her family. And then she had a terrible health 
um, mm-hmm. a health issue come up. I'm not sure what it was, but something came up that took her out of the game for six months mm-hmm. and her family was reliant on her income. Wow. And because she'd listened to me and because she had focused on profit, because she had that extra revenue coming in, she also had insurance. And so she said, my family would have been financially devastated. Yeah. And I just thought, that's it. That's, that's everything I've worked towards right there. Well, it makes um, me a bit teary. Oh, it does. <laughs> it makes well, me it's, emotional. Oh. <laughs> so that is so how I important. kind of, you know, transitioned from just being a business coach, going around, okay. helping people, you know, create great businesses to having this really specific goal of women oh, wow. being empowered when it comes to money. So, and that's where you found that niche then. Yeah. Is that right? Oh, I love it. I assumed it had always kind of, you'd always been like the profit queen, but that that's I that's probably awesome. always have because my job roles prior to that relied on the business being profitable. Yeah. Because if the business wasn't profitable, they would just like kick me out and find somebody else, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but to be able to bring that in specifically mm. for women and to, I guess, modify the way that I communicate that information. You call it the unsexy side of business. And it's something, I think it's something that a lot of us can avoid because it feels, it's like that whole money mindset thing. It's like, oh, we'll just ignore it for a bit and maybe it'll work itself out. But let's take this a bit more seriously. And for yourself, it's like, we never really know what's ahead. And if we can set ourselves up as best we can to deal with and be okay in those crappy things that happen that can be super expensive then let's let's take the business a bit more seriously so yeah and yeah. remember that no relationship is ever 100 percent mm-hmm. assured and that's you know like a sad reality of life is mm-hmm. that as we uh, live and learn you know that marriages don't always stay together and we know that people unfortunately pass away and we know that things go wrong and so this is really just about making sure you've got your own personal insurance policy for you and if you've got kids definitely Mm. making sure you've got one for your kids. Mm. Well let's kind of now lead into Melanie some of the common mistakes I said to you I like to kind of kick it off with a few common mistakes because I think it helps us be like oh crap okay yep I might be doing that. <laughs> so what what would be a couple that you commonly see when it comes to the women that you work with in terms of perhaps when they start working with you and what they might not have set up or what might be going on for them in their business when it comes to their finances and, and their profitability? One is being completely oblivious to the numbers, just not knowing what your expenses are, not knowing what your sales are, not knowing what your cost of goods or cost of sales are. And I think because it feels very accountanty or it can have <laughs> the term. flashbacks of, I don't know, maybe learning some basic accounting in, I don't know if they still teach that in high school, but they certainly yeah, did knows? when I was there. And, or having just maths flashbacks of, I wasn't good at maths. And so because of that, I'm just going to ignore this altogether and not knowing your numbers puts you in just a really I think a really stressful position the moment that I give clients clarity around their numbers you watch their confidence grow so one would be just not knowing your numbers and two would be treating your business like a hobby and or treating actually I'm going to add one in there treating your business like a hobby or a charity treating it like a hobby where you just really want to cover your costs and make a little bit of money Making a little bit of money is not enough. It just isn't. It's not going to be enough to make sure that you're safe in the future, to be able to invest in marketing, to be able to invest in the things that help you grow. 
And can can I ask you, can I ask you in that one? Because I hear that quite a lot. It's kind of like, oh, but you know, I don't need to make a lot of money. Like for those people that might be listening and think, oh, well, that's me. I'm This isn't really a business. I'm just doing it. Like, what do you say to them? Do you say, look, that's okay. Or do you say, well, no, that's not okay. I say like, choose. What's your take? Okay. I say choose. You are either a business or a hobby or a yeah. charity. You cannot be all. Yeah. And so if you're a hobby, then you really are just trying to cover your costs. Mm-hmm. But then you would generally have something else you're doing to yeah. generate revenue or to you know keep a roof over your head. Um, if you're using that as kind of your get out of jail free card or your this makes it easier not to front up to my business then that's where this becomes a real problem so I would say for everybody listening right now decide are you a business or are you a hobby or a charity which I don't think anyone's trying but it's definitely some people I remember I once posted on social I think it might have just literally been that you're either a business or a charity. <laughs> I and, love that. And people were posting like live to give and, you know, you sound so selfish and all of this. And I was saying, you know what selfish is, is not being financially prepared and things going wrong and then ha- expecting other people to foot the bill for that. Not that I'm suggesting my mom was selfish. I'm suggesting she lacked confidence, but it's yes. selfish to expect that you're going to live to give and give to everybody else. And then when things go wrong for you, that there isn't going to be a safety net that helps you look after you without putting pressure on other people. But I thought that was a really interesting take this live to give thing. It's nice to be charitable, but being a charity and being charitable are very different. And once your business makes money, you can then give, can't you? Like the more you make. Your business becomes the more charitable you can be. And that, if you want to give, is incredibly inspiring in getting you out there and really promoting your business. Yeah. And so that was two, I think I gave you the third one, (laughs) is just not knowing what you need financially from your business. And there is a number, there is a fixed number, and it's the number you need to make every single month to be safe or to be able to put food on the table, put a roof over your head, put money away for your retirement, pay your taxes. There is a number everybody needs to know specifically what that number is. And I know for a lot of women, it's like, ah, it sounds like a horrible, <laughs> horrible thing to do. Uh, a lot of women are running their businesses where they're taking the crumbs or the scraps or the, the leftover bits mm. of I'm going to run my business. I'm going to take whatever comes in. I'm going to pay all my bills and then whatever scraps are left over, that's what I'm going to live on. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, we don't live on scraps. You're worth more than living on scraps. And that's what we're really going to cover in the next little while, aren't we? Which I'm really excited. We're going to um, now dive into like the three things that we can be doing. That's to give people an overview, like we're going to end up on how to actually set your business up to be profitable. Because that's really the thing, isn't it? Like let's instead of just kind of seeing what comes out at the end of the month or even the end of the year, I know some people don't know their numbers until someone else does their does the numbers Can I for tell them? you too that knowing your numbers gives you so much power in identifying when things are going wrong? I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. I've had this happen twice in the past month where a client has said to me, 
I've just looked through my profit and loss because yes, we do that. Yep. <laughs> I've just looked through my profit and loss and the numbers aren't matching up. My bookkeeper or my accountant has missed something significant. Oh. And uh, we had one instance of a $100,000 mistake. That's Whoa. huge. That's a lot oh of money. Oh my gosh. And so remember that it's your legal responsibility. The ATO are coming after you or the tax. Mm. Uh, it doesn't matter where you live in the world. When you submit your taxes, the tax department don't care who prepped your taxes. They only care who submitted them or who signed off on them. And that's you. So you're legally responsible. So you've got to know these numbers. Well, let's get into it. Like how, how do we f- figure out our numbers or know and track them? Let's, let's if you want to like, rip the bandaid off and you just want to get started <laughs> on something today that you can do, that's going to be, I think it's not that painful, but it is to get a, um, just a monthly planner and every single day, write down the money that's come into your business and the money that's gone out. Oh my gosh. I love that you said that. I do that. Sometimes I stop doing it and then I stop making as much money. Correct. Energy. What is that? Energy goes where focus, no focus goes where energy flows. What is that saying? I think you had it the first time. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but basically what you pay attention to will improve. And if you're going to be completely in the dark about those numbers, you're never going to improve them. And if you think they're going to magically improve by themselves, they're not. You need to know how much is coming in and how much is going out. And I you love will that. always then be a little bit more excited about the money coming in, which naturally just brings more to you. And you will be a little bit more cautious about the money going out because you're not kind of just spending without any real yes. plan. You can see those numbers and you can do that now and you don't need to do anything fancy. You literally just have need a piece a of note. Paper. Yeah, the the note on their phone and start putting in the dates. I have an Excel on my computer, but sometimes I put it in my phone as well. I like that you say that so much, Melanie, because it it means that we can't avoid it. We kind of have, if we didn't make any money that day, no money came in, zero. You are going to be more inclined to follow up that lead that you didn't convert or that inquiry or post, you know, that that offer that you've been a little bit nervous about posting. Yep. I just think the easiest way is literally pen and paper. And I always get people to do it pen and paper, even though I know it's nice to have it in Excel and all of that. And I do have an awesome um, Excel spreadsheet that your listeners can download, which I'll talk about later. But pen and paper will do you just fine to get you in the habit of actually Mm -hmm. paying attention to it. Yeah. Of just putting your phone down and of just sitting there and paying attention to it. And you know what? Some some weeks I'm like, whoa, I made like more than I thought, you know, sometimes it can be reason for celebration. Shouldn't you be so incredibly excited about that? (laughs) Cause I'm like, Oh, you know, this month hasn't been so good. But then I look at the numbers. I'm like, what am I talking about? This has been fine. So it's, it's good. (laughs) This will, I'm, I'm definitely going off on tangents here, but this will give you another really good reason to track your numbers. If you've got a business where you just want the business overall to be better, you just want a business that's easier to run. It's fun. You enjoy it. It doesn't take up a whole lot of your time. When you track your numbers, um, you'll be able to see whether or not your business is growing and whether the activities you're doing outside Mm. of just selling, like your time management and your automation and all of that are actually paying off. When I work with clients one-on-one, we'll often, probably after about the first four or five months, they'll start to have these panics where they'll email me and they'll say, everything's going wrong. My sales are terrible. I don't know what's going on. And um, I'll say to them, based on what? 
are you telling me that this time last year you did more than you're doing this time this year? Oh, I don't know. I haven't checked yet. Right. Mm -hmm. Go and find me that number and then tell me whether or not your sales are dropping. And they will always come back and say, oh, actually, my sales have grown. And what it is, is it's that feeling of if I don't feel panicked or overwhelmed by my business, then I must not be making any money or I must not be making any sales. So the more we streamline, the more we make that business work for them, the easier it becomes, the more they panic because they're not feeling the pressure of it. But I think it's such a great point, Melanie, because someone asked me even yesterday, oh, so how are you? Like, you must be super busy. I'm like, no, I'm not super busy. Like, it took me a while, but I don't let myself be super crazy and super busy. That term like crazy busy or super busy isn't the way to make a lot of money and have a great business. It's actually stopping you from doing that. But I think people think, well, the busier I am, the harder I'm working. So therefore the more money that's going to come in. But I and think it's the other this way. This kind of comes back to that profitable and livable. Mm. A livable business <laughs> is not one where you're just crazy busy all the time. So do you have any tips on that, that you kind of, I know that it's not something we were going to necessarily talk about, but, but on people that maybe come to you who are pretty stretched. Depending on the industry, the first thing is boundaries. And it's, being really confident that if you put boundaries in place, you're not going to start losing customers. And I think a lot of people, clients, a lot of people are really scared to put boundaries in place. Mm. And a lot of people are doing a whole lot of stuff that just isn't actually feeding their business. So it's just busy work. So if we can get rid of that busy work and there's some really easy things you can do. Number one is just download or install Toggle, T-O-G-G-L. Com. Okay. It's a time tracker and spend a couple of weeks just tracking your time. Mm. Most people who are really busy or really overwhelmed actually are running around doing a whole lot of non-important stuff. And then obviously if it's every single minute of your day is taken up by super important things, then we have an issue of scale or an issue of how the business is structured more so than, than the business owner. It's quite funny just to wrap this point up too that I even see people that they're going along really well, but then like you said with some of your clients, things were getting more streamlined, you know, like I don't know what happens, but it's like then they create some new project that's not scalable. It's kind of to fill the time yeah. that just makes no sense. And I'm like, what are you doing? It just like enjoy the free the time. time. <laughs> it's the, it, once again, it's that if I have free time, I must be doing something wrong. So I'm yeah. going to shove as much stuff into it. <laughs> However, if you track your numbers, hmm. you don't need to worry about that because your numbers will tell you so what to do next. And can I ask, like in terms of using a accounting software because I got on mine as soon as I started my business and it's $50 a month and I hear people say oh you know like I'm not going to use it because it's $50 a month but I'm like well surely you're going to be making more than $50 a month you know that you can put towards that what's your kind if of take? that's your take then your view of business maybe needs some shifting in that it is an investment in your business and it's an, a normal running expense of a business. Mm-hmm. And so your view should be, I'm going to need to take an extra job or whatever. I'm going to need to put my prices up 5% because that is um, a part of business that I just need. That would be one of those differences between are you a hobby or are you a business? If you mm-hmm. are making that decision that you're a business, then you should be 
investing in the tools that are going to help you make money and be profitable and meet all of your tax requirements. And that's having something like Zero or QuickBooks. Uh, it's an Do you love in my Zero? Yeah. And yeah. I, it's a false economy anyway, because a lot of people then end up with boxes full of receipts. They give them to mm. an accountant yeah. who charges them $150 or $250 an hour to sort them and enter them mm. into a spreadsheet. And they get no real great data from that because their accountants don't give them then a profit and loss report. Mm. That 500 and what it would that would be, 600 over a year, you'll make that back if you can see your profit and loss every quarter. <laughs> exactly. Because then again, you can't not see it it's there like this is your pro- like this is if anyone's not using it yet you know it's got the chart and it's like this is how much you made this month but this is how much you spent you can go and see like every line item in the different kind of revenue streams in your business so anyway yeah I would I recommend people get on that do you know when already. I first went into business I always knew that I would have like a big like a bigger business I wasn't yeah. ever going into business to make sort of 10 or 20,000 I needed to replace a corporate income and I remember going into my accountant and uh, I think this will probably annoy, annoy some people, but accountants tend to be men of a certain age. Uh, that's why we need more women who are accountants. Uh, and my accountant was a man of a certain age who said to me, oh, you could just use an Excel spreadsheet if you want. It's not like your business is ever going to be that big and you probably won't do that many transactions. And I was like, you jerk. Wow. But we want to make sure that we're not, you know, like absorbing too much of that as well mm, of other totally. people's negative opinions. So mm. invest in the stuff that's going to help you move your business forward. Cool. So we were going to chat now about like knowing what we need. Tell me more and, and how we can figure this out and, and what it means. So there is for everybody that, that figure that every single person needs to make every single month to pay their bills do whatever it is that they need to do in life. For me, I need to keep a roof over my head. I need insurances. I need to run a car. I need everything. I'm single. I got to cover the lot. And so what is that number? It is a number and everybody needs to know what that is. Mm -hmm. And to find that number, it is figuring out what your expenses are every single month. And that isn't that hard Mm -hmm. to do, particularly if you don't already have a separate bank account for your business, Mm -hmm. go and do that today get yourself a separate <laughs> business bank account it doesn't even need to be a business bank account it can just be a separate bank account so that your business transactions run through a separate bank account you can see the money coming in and the money going out really easily that's probably one of the biggest places where people get totally confused is i'm kind of paying for business expenses on credit cards and then I'm taking a bit of the profit for myself and sometimes I pay for the groceries with it and it becomes this mess Uh, and let me tell you that costs a fortune for your bookkeeper or accountant to figure out as well because they've got to go through line by line and figure out what's business and what's personal yeah that's going to be costing you a fortune so you want a separate bank account that you run all of your transactions through Mm -hmm. so that you can see exactly what's going on. Then you can very easily see how much money left your bank account and expenses in the month. So we know already what that number is. And then we can build on top of that. All right, that's our expenses. Now I want to pay myself, let's say $3,000 a month. I've been through my business bank account. There's $200 in expenses there. I want to pay myself $3,000 per month. I'm going to need $3,200. That's my minimum viable number. And you build from there. 
the more often you track that number and you plan for that number, the more you'll get to understand the numbers in your business and the less intimidating it will be. And people often get really hung up on the, it needs to be 100% correct. If you got it 80% correct with those estimates, you'd still be 100 times better off than where you may be today by knowing absolutely nothing. It's that either I need to have it 100% correct or I'm not going to know anything about my business. That's a, don't do that. Just get started. Just get started. Yeah. Go through, literally print out your last three months bank account statements or credit card statements. If you have been using multiple credit cards, multiple bank accounts, then this is going to be painful for you. And it should be (laughs) because it's going to shock you into doing things differently. Get a highlighter and go through line by line Mm. and figure these numbers out. How much is going out in expenses? Um, I find that women drastically underestimate the expenses in their business drastically a little thing for listeners too is I don't want to be mean for those listening but I know some people will try and almost not have any expenses that they feel like they're paying from their business and they might ask other people in their family to pay for something they want to do for their business or they get really reluctant to spend any money for their business But again, it's like, well, but you're running a business and expenses are great. Expenses normally mean you're investing in something like a a program, like an educational program or a kind of subscription service, like a software or that type of thing that should make you better and able to grow your business or help you systemize. I had a question today about, oh, MailChimp, there's this thing in there that I want, but I have to pay for it. I'm like, yeah, pay for it. Because it's just, again, that whole thing around you're building a business and these are these expenses that are part and parcel of it. And then we can start thinking for ourselves, well, maybe I'm not really charging enough to be able to cover some of these very basic expenses. One of the most amazing things, in my opinion, about business is that you can literally charge whatever you want. You're going to have to back that up marketing wise, but you can charge whatever you want. And so if you're looking at MailChimp and there's, you know, a $50 a month subscription to get a particular automation or something that you want to do within MailChimp, then you just need to sell another thing. It's not hard. And the great thing about that too is outside of business, your personal, you know, goals. If I want something, I just up my business. Like you you can do that. If you're an employee, somebody saying to you, you're worth X amount per year and, Next year, we might give you an increase, but it's probably going to be about 5%. Mm-hmm. When you're self-employed, you get to choose. You've got to do the things that get you there, of course, but you get yeah. to choose. I, think I that's totally like agree. the most empowering thing ever. And so all of these little expenses, I find that people are either on one or the other end of the spectrum. Either they'll spend nothing, every single cent will be like, nope. I don't want to spend that money. I'm going to sit here and manually do this thing that takes me hours instead of just paying the money so I can go and work with that next client or customer and make my money. Uh, Or they're the opposite where they've signed up to everything and they're (laughs) buying every course on the market, but they're not doing the basics like tracking their numbers or focusing on profit. And so their business, the more it grows, the more they invest, but they're investing in things that aren't really helping them out anyway. Mm. So it's not uncommon for me to have women who have, 
you know, doubled, tripled, quadrupled their numbers over the past few years, but are still earning the same amount. For themselves, do you mean? Or Yeah. So, you know, they might be turning over four times as much as they were, but their personal income hasn't increased. And that's because they're allowing their business to uh, suck up all the profits or they're so nervous about their business doing well that they're quickly kind of getting rid of the money. Like, oh, I'm going to quickly spend $3,000 on this course that I probably don't even need uh, because, oh, I've got money in my bank account and that makes yeah. me uncomfortable. So it's finding that balance, right? I definitely am more the latter one. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. This is good. Um, right. What's next for me to spend yeah. that money on? <laughs> yeah. I'm the, uh, see, I'm the opposite. I'm actually quite tight. <laughs> and even sometimes I'm, I have to give myself a bit of a talking to, but I also can predict what my cash flow is going to look like. Uh, over the next 12 months. So I know what impact my decisions will have on how much I can pay myself at the end of the week. And that's a good point too, is a really good goal to get to as fast as possible is paying yourself a regular wage, even if it's only a small amount. Even if right now you're just starting out, you're like, "Ah, I don't really make any money. Even if it's paying yourself a regular $50 every Friday, then paying yourself a hundred, then 150, then 200, but start with something and pay yourself regularly. That is really important. And I know the next question would be, but how do we do that? You track Mm -hmm. your numbers. Absolutely. I'm the same as you. If we've got big expenses coming up in our personal life, I think we're so lucky as business owners that we can make that money rather than, like you said, if you're an employee, then it's a lot more difficult to be like, right, well, if that's going to cost me 20 grand, like, oh, how am I going to get there? Whereas for us as business owners, it's like, okay, let's plan what I'm going to do in my business. And I find that so exciting. It's like, cool. Okay. Well, let's put together a marketing campaign or create a new product or that type of thing, which is really, yeah, really exciting. I was looking for a new car a couple of months ago and I had a budget and then the car that I wanted was about eight grand over that budget. And I was like, okay, I just got to go and make an extra eight grand. It's yep. not an extra because obviously you've got to pay tax and all of that, but I've got to go and make an extra 14 grand. Exactly. And then also on that, in terms of when we invest in things, I like to think, and it sounds like you were, you were similar in terms of, okay, if there is a program that I want to study and it's this much money, well, how many sales do I need to make to be able to afford that? And also, do I think by taking that course... I will make this many number of sales. And that's from it, from what I learn. And so that's how I decide, okay, well, then that's worth it. Might seem like a lot of money, but if that makes helps me make that money back and more, then it makes sense. Correct. That is the best way to look at it. And with everything that I do, not every kind of course or whatever is going to have a direct impact on your sales. But if you're planning for it, I did Marie Folio's Copy Cure course. Ah, cool. And that was a big investment. In my opinion, that was a few thousand dollars, a couple of thousand dollars. But I planned for it. And I was like, all right, I'm going to invest in this course. Mm. How much is this going to cost me? What does this look like in terms of my cash flow? And what am I going to learn from it? And for me, it was investing in something that I was hoping was going to kind of reinvigorate my writing because I've been doing it for so long, blogging, (laughs) that I'd gotten bored with my own words and I felt like I had nothing to say. And, you know, if that's an issue, then how do we fix it? I invested in that course Mm -hmm. and yes, it did fix that issue. So you invest where you're feeling pressure or pain in your business Mm -hmm. or where you can see an opportunity. And then if you're tracking your sales, 
you can see how that impacts your sales. And if you're tracking your cash flow, you can plan for those expenses. Mm-hmm. Oh, fantastic. Well, how do we figure out then like what our profit should be in our business or how do we go about that? So what your profit should be in your business is however <laughs> much you want to pay yourself. And so if you're wanting to pay yourself a hundred grand a year, then your profit should be a hundred grand a year. That was a quick answer there. <laughs> Way too easy. What? And I'm talking gross numbers here because you're going to have to pay some tax as well. But if you keep it that simple, where I want to make a hundred grand a year. Okay. What does that look like every month? What does that then look like? Because I'm going to have to pay expenses. So I'm going to have to add some expenses into that number as well. That is as simple as it can be. And when I give people that approach to doing it, it's often, oh, that's embarrassingly easy. Or, oh my gosh, how have I not felt confident to do that before? Because it's that simple. What do you want to pay yourself every year? What expenses do you, does your business have? Add them together. <laughs> that's what yeah. you need to make and break it down into a monthly number. And if you get to that monthly number and you realize that I want to earn a hundred grand a year, I've got to do eight and a half thousand dollars every single month. And if that's the number and you look at it and you go, hang on, I can't do that. That's not possible. There's not enough hours in the day. Then you've got an issue in your business you can go and look further into. You've got a pricing issue, or maybe you've got um, an issue around how much time you're investing in each customer or client, or you know you can be very specific about then what problem you fix next. And see it per month, which I love. Yeah. Instead of at the end of the year being like, oh, I only made 30000 I don't know what to do next. Break it down. Exactly. And if you're tracking every day, it's almost like, what's your daily number as well, which I love. It's like, well, this is how much I want to be bringing in every day. And of course, days will fluctuate and that type of thing. But then you get to, I have like, it all sums up to the end of the um, month. So then I can see per day how it's all adding up to the end of my month. It's kind of fun. And that's why I said how you call it the unsexy side of business. But I think like I was totally in the camp that was ignoring my numbers. And I felt really quite like, anxious about them and would rather just not look at them or think about them and totally avoided them. But I think that it's like that book, you can't go under it. You can't go over it. You've got to go through it. And it's exactly what I say to my ladies as well about showing up on camera too and, and getting themselves out there. Like there's just no other way. You've got to go through the awkward, uncomfortable stage to get to the other side. And I think it's the same with finances too. Like At some point, if you are wanting your business to be a business, then you're going to have to front up to the numbers. And once you get through it, it actually can be quite fun. And it's like, okay, let's put in my daily number. How am I going? And and I find it really quite enjoyable now. I love it. Not everybody's going to get to a point where they love it. And that's okay. If you don't, too bad. It's part of doing business. (laughs) Do you know, uh, you were softening your words before and I thought, oh, the listeners are going (laughs) to... probably going to be quite jarring listening to me it is, a, it is no. part of doing business so it's kind of like even if you don't love it get over it you mm. have to know this part of your business or stay being a hobby yeah oh Melody thank you so much for um sharing like so much and I've been 
writing down a few notes. I feel like there's so many good quotables too (laughs) as well that you've said, especially, yeah, the bigger you grow, the more you can give. Also about the boundaries as well. I thought that was like a fantastic point. If you're just like totally overwhelmed and overstretched and busy, 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 first of all, don't feel the need to fill the gaps, like focus on what's working and keep doing more of that rather than adding new things. And also around boundaries in place, for your clients as well, which is kind to them because then they know what the boundaries are around, of course, as well. Like, well, what are you choosing? It's your choice. If you are choosing for your business to be a hobby, then that's what it is and embrace that. But like you said, then what is your revenue stream instead? If your decision is, no, my business is a business, then I think like making decisions a little bit more seriously perhaps than some people might be around, okay, well, this is a business investment and even using those words for family and friends too, which I know is something that you talk about a little bit too around how to perhaps manage the influence around you. What would you, even just to finish up talking about that too? When you have a plan, and you know what your numbers are and you know what your numbers need to be, it is really easy then to respond to the how is business going question of it's going really well, I'm on track to where I expected I would be. Mm -hmm. And that usually shuts down a conversation because what happens is we open ourselves up when we say things like, oh, I'm not making enough money or I'm a little bit worried or I need more clients or customers or we start to open ourselves up for all of this feedback that isn't necessarily helpful. Uh, There's a Brene Brown quote of don't take advice from people who've never been in the arena. Mm -hmm. And so don't take advice from people who aren't running a successful business right now. Mm -hmm. And If you know what your plans are, it's easy to shut those conversations down. The other thing is don't rely on your family and friends to support your business in that you're only ever getting customers or clients via family and friends. You need to build your business outside of that to be truly successful and to be able to draw those boundaries. Oh, Melody, it's been like, I've absolutely loved this conversation. So thank you so much for sharing what you've shared. Could you tell us where, because I know everyone's going to be like, who is this lady? How do I find her? Tell us um, where everyone can find you. Go straight to theprofitlovers.com. And on theprofitlovers.com is what is called the Profit Lovers Plan and Track. And this is the mother of all spreadsheets. (laughs) Uh, This is one place where you can track sales, And I mean like your weekly sales towards your monthly sales goal. You can put together a 12-month annual plan. You can put together a project plan. You can track your tribe growth, the increase in traffic to your website, your increase in followers on your social media platforms. Um, There's a cash flow tracker in there. There is everything that you need to confidently plan and track your business. And it's free. Cool. I'll be heading there right now. (laughs) And Instagram. What are you on Instagram? The Profit Lovers. Oh, fabulous. My sister is actually my VA and she is just about to take control of my reckless posting. (laughs) And I'm really excited to go and digest a whole heap more of your information because my Instagram is just basically an homage (laughs) to my dog. But I promise there'll be there'll be lots of lives and things happening. So there'll be a lot um, more profit based content. But if you love a poochie, you can scroll back. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, thanks again, Melanie. And um, I look forward to chatting maybe about your Instagram next time. Lovely. Thank you. <laughs> All right, thanks for having soon. me. 
Thank you for listening to The Emily Osmond Show, brought to you by my Instagram freebies, which you'll find at emilyosmond.com forward slash free. So please take a few seconds to leave me a review, subscribe so that you don't miss an episode, and be sure to take a screenshot of this podcast, upload it to your social media, and tag me at Emily Osmond so I can give you a shout out too. Until next time, remember, connection over perfection. You've got this and we'll speak soon.